This is The Connection, a Dirty Free Hub podcast connecting gravel cyclists to where they ride through short stories about culture, history, people, places, and lands. Joining us today is Patty Lynch, a retired law enforcement officer who is now an avid volunteer with Search and Rescue and passionate about all things outdoors. Today, Patty shares with us a bit about what to do if something goes wrong during a ride and how it is so important to be prepared for not only yourself, but others out on the trails. All right, so Patty, thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you for inviting me. Let's say we are out on a ride and something goes wrong. What can we expect if we get hurt? One of the things that you're going to do immediately is you're going to call 911. You're going to call 911 before you call your friends. And the reason you're going to do that is because as soon as you do that, we know where you are. And we can start the process to figure out how we're going to come and help. Oftentimes people call their friends first and then their friends call. That's not as helpful as just you calling, getting us the ping and the location, and Mm -hmm. then we begin the work from there. You may think, maybe I'll call my friends because they could come get me and I don't want to bother search and rescue. Still call 911. If you're that, if it's, if it's that kind of emergency, please just call 911 because you can decide after you talk to your friends that they can come, you can cancel us because there's a process to getting us ready to come and help you wherever you are. That makes a lot of sense. Do you recommend carrying an in-reach device or some other form of a GPS emergency device, especially since we live in some remote areas or can go adventuring in some remote areas? Kira, I so strongly recommend that there be some source communicating with some rescue facet. In-reaches are fabulous. Lots of people go, gee, I don't want to spend the money to get those. Cell phones work too. We've done many, many rescues of folks on their phone. What I highly recommend, if that's the route you're going to take, is that you always, always, always have a backup battery. Oftentimes it's I'm just going to go for a short ride. I got, you know, half half of my battery. Well, if you come upon someone that you're going to be able to help, you might be there a little longer. So to have the backup battery, there's no question. And when you call 911, the, the, the deputy in, that you speak with, because you'll be speaking with a search and rescue deputy, will speak with you about how to maintain that battery so that, that you can stay in as constant communication with him as you can. So tell us a little bit about some of your essentials that you carry with you on adventures or in remote areas. 10 essentials, always. The the extras that I carry, Mm -hmm. I moved to Oregon from California and I learned about hand warmers. (laughs) That's a good one to have I have hand warmers (laughs) in every jacket, winter, spring, summer, and fall. Even in the summer. I get cold. Somebody could have cold hands. So Mm -hmm. that's one of the ones I always, always, always carry. The other one that I've seen save lives is a whistle. Everybody should carry a whistle. We've had a backcountry skier end up in a tree well. The thing that saved that man's life was he had a whistle. Very, very, very snowy night. Couldn't hear anything. We couldn't hear each other as we were spread out to, 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 to find him. And we blow whistles and call his name. And we suddenly think we hear a whistle. And dang it, it was, he had a whistle. And we were able to get to him 
and bring him back. Such a simple device, but yet it's critical. Yes. Yeah. It's like, what am I going to use a whistle for? Yeah. Because we might not be able to hear you, see you, but mm -hmm. the piercing of a whistle, people pay attention to that. Definitely. So. What are some common issues that search and rescue runs into with gravel cyclists specifically? You know, gravel cyclists, the, the gift that they provide themselves and everyone is they're on a forest service road. Typically they're not off trail, single track much. They're more on forest service roads. And that means easy access. You call 911. Um, oftentimes, though we've activated search and rescue in terms of thoughts about how to get to you, oftentimes an ambulance, the, the deputy will contact the ambulance and say, this is where they are. Can you get to them? And the gift to, to our county is we have ambulances and, and emergency vehicles that they can come right to you. The, the fact that you're on gravel roads is a, a huge assist. One of the things I do want to say, though, is if you're on a gravel road and you're out riding and something happens because we know how the weather changes in a heartbeat and you say, I got to get off this gravel road and go find shelter. I'm going to get into the trees. I'm going to get out of the rain or the hail or the sleet that's coming on me. Please have folks leave something on the trail where they got off a pack a hat. Not many people want to leave their bike, but leave your bike <laughs> <laughs> so that we know, okay, this is where they went off trail. Right. Other than just drive this forest service road and you're in a car or you're in some kind of a vehicle that you can't hear it real well, but something visible says, oh, they were here and begin the search. That's a great idea to have that. Are there other things or how can gravel cyclists make it easier for search and rescue? Have a phone have a GPS, mm -hmm. have bright clothing, and have the gear to keep yourself safe until we get to you. And it sounds like even warm too. Extra clothes <laughs> or keep the person that you've come upon mm -hmm. safe and comfortable by carrying extra clothes, a little extra water. I'm a mountain biker. I don't carry a lot of stuff. What I've learned is I don't carry a lot of stuff, but I, because nothing's going to happen to me, but I've come upon people that I've been able to help with the extra little bit of stuff that I've carried. So even if it's not for you, it's good to be thinking about other people you might run into the onto on the trails that might be an emergency. It's it's so it's it happens so frequently mm -hmm. that people call us because they found someone and the capacity for them to help is based on what they were able to carry. Yeah. Um, and especially on a bike, it's not too hard to throw in like an extra hand warmer or yeah. some extra water. Or a little shelter, you know, one of yeah. those little tiny, tiny little mountain um, blanket things that, mm -hmm. okay, I'll get them off the snow. I'll get them out of the mud. I'll, I'll, I'll figure out a way to, to get them warm because the ground's kind of kind of cold. Thank you for that. What is the most interesting search and rescue mission you have been on? Can you think of one in particular? I can think of one, Kira, that reminds me why I do what I do. We had mom and, and two teenage girls decide to go out to Todd Lake. They've been out to Todd Lake. They've hiked it several times. It's snowshoe. They're going to snowshoe out to Todd Lake. Much to their chagrin, they didn't check the weather. And they got out there and it was total whiteout trying to come back. They called us 
Um, they had like one bar on their phone. They were directed to stay because we know where they are. It's white out, so it's tough to find people. They started back and a, a skier came by them and asked them what they were doing. And they said, well, we're going back to, to Dutchman. And and uh, he said, no, you're going the wrong way. Follow oh, my no. ski, sc- follow my ski tracks. And that was their plan to do that. But it was ski- it was snowing so hard that it filled them in. In this process, one of the, the snowshoes broke and it's deep snow. So they've got two people trying to snowshoe and one post holing. So it was pretty hard. And they didn't, they didn't have the, the, you know, hunker down and get warm. They didn't have a blanket and they didn't have extra water and they didn't have an extra battery on their phone. So we went out looking for them in the hopes that we could find them. Luckily we did. They had a little light that we could find them and got them back to safety and talked about, you know, future hikes and stuff gear that they could take. The reason that I remember this was the distress that they were experiencing. But also a couple of years later, I was approached by someone who said, do you do search and rescue? And I said, yes. And she said, you saved my life. And it was the mom. And she said, since that day, all of them are woofer trained. All of them are avalanche certified and all of them have a backpack that they could stay out overnight if they needed to. And they don't take the dog out to a trail for a walk without that backpack. For me, that's why I do it. This family has learned something and they're, they're going to be safer out there. That's the whole point of it is bring you back. And hopefully you, you take something from this to be safer out there. And, and that was, that was one of those thank you moments. So Definitely. That almost sounds like it could be like a documentary or at least I imagine a lot of your search and rescue missions are, could be like a documentary with just sort of the circumstances that you find people in and finding them later too. There's lots of lessons. Yeah. Many, many lessons. And is there anything else you want to add about search and rescue or any of your experiences? I love the thought that people stay together. People that, that, that go adventuring by themselves always concern me. I know Mm -hmm. many that do but that's one of my concerns. So I highly recommend having a partner, making sure somebody knows where you're going. We're, we're ready. And if you feel like you're going to need us, please call 911. Just a note, if I may, we are having a search and rescue academy this year. Uh, we haven't had, we didn't have one last year. We're having one this year. So if there's anybody out there that is interested in coming, being part of this incredible team of, of volunteers that say, I just want to go and be a part of helping somebody come home safely. Where can people find more information about search and rescue and some of these events like the Academy? Facebook. We've got a a Facebook page or something on there. I would just Google search and rescue Academy Mm -hmm. and I'm sure it's going to pop up. Um, We've put flyers around or, or certainly there's a search and rescue phone number that you could call as well. Oh, that's great to know. Well, thank you so much, Patty. I really appreciate having you today. Kira, it's been wonderful meeting you and thank you as well. Dirty Free Hub is a nonprofit organization fueled by your generous contributions. Find us at dirtyfreehub.org.